Now, we're on to our next guest, and we should be joined on the phone by Richard Romer. Richard, can you hear us okay? I can indeed, Tom. How are you doing? Not too bad at all. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And uh, you're a native of Venice, uh, went to school in Flannens, and maybe one of our earlier guests, Amy Gibbon, taught you today. Uh, no, I think uh, I'm older than him, oh <laughs> actually. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was there, I think I left Flannens in 80. Two, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, Jim Collins, great our school, technical great guru. school. Yeah, our technical guru um, was in... When did you, 72, I left. 72, he left, he says. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, my son was there in... Um, he would have done his leave insert in 99, so he was there on those days, one of the, the last yeah. quarters. And, so, and you studied forestry in UCD, and you have worked in... Uh, the, mostly in the private forestry area, is that correct? I did, yeah. We um, we had forestry here. With, my parents started planting in Kilmele when, yes. when I was um, in 1976. Yeah, uh, we did it a little bit piecemeal all over the place, and um, I went to college and um, uh, straight out of college. Actually, I won a I won a green card actually, and was in America. I wound up working in a, a tree care company, um, which is not what I I expected. And it wasn't for me. I was gone out of there in about six weeks. I wasn't interested in <laughs> trimming trimming trees to look like poodles. And I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that Americans everything is a service. Yes, uh, it was a big eye opener. So I wound up. I wound up running a catering company of all things. I know nothing about food, but I can organize. So I did that. And um, <laughs> between one, one thing and another, uh, America wasn't for me. It wasn't my country. Uh, it's a tremendous respect for it, but uh, it was. A different place and um, I came back here I took a law degree in Galway I was going to switch to that yeah. but uh, health issues intervened I was a cancer for a while after that my dad got quite sick he died I went back to America to do law and um, we had 250 acres here my mother couldn't manage it so I came home to do to run that so I've been trying to manage the place in Kilmele since uh, for about the last 15 years so let's. Uh, we could spend all day talking on a lot of these topics now, but the uh, I think maybe a hundred years ago there was only about one percent of Ireland covered in forestry. Is that correct? And that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. think we're up to yep. about eleven percent now. Is that right? And that's correct. Yes. Yeah. There was um, it just before the the independence. There was a a big push towards forestry. I think it got up to about four percent. With yeah. a guy called August Gustin Henry, was a, a a big guy in that and. Um, yeah, it, it uh, began to take off then uh, once we became independent, you know. And uh, what were the benefits of having forestry in Ireland in those earlier years? Well, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of timber yes. around. And um, it was the state, it was state involvement. There was the only private planting that might have been done was on the big old, what was left of the big old estates. Yeah. And... Um, so it was all state planting, and it, you know, uh, back then it was looked at uh, the poorer ground. They were looking at poorer ground. Well, well, with the breakup of some of the estates, for example, in uh, I, as a student, we had to do a practical year, yeah. and I was lucky enough to spend three months down in Waterford on the Corrymore estate. And Quilcha, what was well, it was a parks and wildlife at the time, but the state had a, a 999 year lease on part of that. And you had Douglas fir and Sitka spruce and everything growing in, in 
sections of it and you had uh, the finest of wheat in the next field so that the land was absolutely magnificent in the, the Golden Vale. Uh, so the state had a lot of... Sorry? Yeah, I suppose it takes good land to grow good trees, does it? Well, yeah, uh, it, it depends on the trees. Some trees don't have a very high nu- nutritional demand. Yeah. Um, others, broadleaves, they do. Um, uh, for example, I remember um, it was a, a local guy here in Kilmele, James Lachlan, who used to run the Chagas farm. Probably People probably know James. Yeah. But he told me that um, good land, for example, down in Moore Park will make uh, naturally make 150 kilograms of, or 170 kilograms of nitrogen per hectare per year just naturally without yes, any input yes. whereas Kilmele might be uh, fields in Kilmele might be lucky to make 50 ki- 50 kilograms of nitrogen so you know different soils can handle different things so when you go on to find good land you'll see magnificent broad leaves because they they need that nutrition come to Kilmele they'll you know you're not going to see many of them out here so have you an opinion on what I call monoculture all the Sitka spruce that's in the country or should we be diversifying um well, we need we need to diversify for uh, a number of reasons. Um, I, I think, to me, it's uh, I look at Sitka spruce. But Sitka spruce is much maligned for a number of reasons. Um, it was planted everywhere. It's very easy to grow. You could I remember a lecturer said you could throw it at the ground and it'll turn around and grow, <laughs> and that's very true. I found forgotten trees yeah. down in drains, <laughs> and they're growing. But is uh, the funny thing is Sitka. Naturally, over 80% of his range is a monoculture in, the, in North America, from Alaska down to California, on, a, a, I think, a 48-mile wide strip. But it's a natural monoculture, and over the 800 years of its life, it does diversify. So in the long term, over 1,000 years almost, it does diversify. And it does get mixed up with other trees, conifers, maples, alders. So it's a natural monoculture. That's the first thing. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, we're growing it for one thing. We're growing Sitka for uh, timber production, for wood production, for various things. So you have to get the volume of tree. You have to get a particular number of trees in. These are all. These there's been modelling done. So it's twenty five hundred trees per hectare. Yes. And there's all kinds, you'll get variety in any population. You always get a stunted one, you'll get some that grow extremely well. So you have to have a lot of trees so you can pick your best. And the problem I see with Sitka is, or the management of it, um, once the grass begins to die under the trees, as the canopy closes up, that's when competition is kicking in. And that's when we need to go in and do our first thinning. And if you do a first thinning and clear out 40 to 50% of the trees, you're going to allow light in and you will get an understory developing. But you'll also need to manage the trees. So you're going to have to prune them. Yes. Um, and I, this is where I would be critical of some of our forestry uh, people that they don't want to do that because it's not economically viable, they think, to do it. But... Um, if we're working ecologically, we probably need to start thinking about that on some of the forests that we get in early, thin them, open them up. Um, there's enough of grant aid and there's enough of headage payments that give an extremely good return to anybody that uh, gets involved in forestry. I mean, if you were to do it privately, uh, if you have the land and you avail of all the headage payments and everything that's available, you're making returns of 30%. 
on really? your investment, yeah. which is yeah, that, which is absolutely bloody magnificent. No wonder, yeah. no wonder, no wonder the investment companies want to come in here. Yeah, and that so, seems to be a recent trend, is it? With the, some of the the English companies seem anxious to buy up forest to here. Well, well, that's that's something to do with Quilcha. Um, yes, although yes. I've heard now, I actually heard the other day that their venture with Quilcha is now going to go into solar and wind energy rather than forestry. Oh, so that's... I, um, that's now uh, having said that, um, I we have uh, adjoining me. There's a an Austrian pension fund owns a forest next to ours. They've owned it for about 15 years. And I can think of another one in Lower Kilmele, which has been owned by a Danish teacher's uh, pension fund since 1983. So th there's um, lots of foreign pension, pension funds own forests that's managed by different companies, you know. Um, but I also think that Sitka is... Um, it's unfairly attacked as being a monoculture because... Um, the strange thing is, um, or, or, or the monoculture planting of Sitka, because one of the biggest scandals in the country was the planting of monocultures of ash, where we had ash plantations. Yes. There is no such thing as a natural monoculture of ash. Ash trees grow in scattered groups or in mixed forests. We put down monocultures of ash. Nobody called them monocultures because the people that liked to complain about Sitka uh, saw the broad leaves, they didn't see needles, they could see into the forest. But this is completely unnatural, and we see the disaster that's happened with 98% mortality of the ash trees now. The biggest, uh, we haven't had anything like that with Sitka. Because all, all ash trees, including our native ones, have been, are suffering with this ash dieback. Is that correct? Everywhere, yeah. They're Everywhere, dying yeah. left, right, and center. It was a 96% mortality rate across Europe. I was talking to a researcher in England uh, a couple of months ago, and he said it's now gone to 98%. Really? So they're dying everywhere. Uh, Chagask has done some really good work on, on getting, uh, trying to find uh, trees that are re showing resistance. But it's going to be another 20 years before uh, you know, it makes a comeback. So I think we need to start diversifying anyway. So with the, other trees. the young lads of the future are unlikely to be playing with ash hurdles, are they, in the medium term? I think they are. Well, I think they're going to be playing with, are they, are they already the playing with bamboo? Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> Mr. Torpy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So um, apart from, uh, what are all the, what are the, I suppose, the main uh, environmental um, benefits of having forestry? Um, well, I think that everybody talks about carbon sequestration. Yeah. Uh, you know, locking up a carbon dioxide. That's the f that's that's the first thing. Uh, I think uh, a Sitka plantation with say, over thirty to thirty five years will uh, lock up about two hundred tons of uh, carbon dioxide uh, of yeah. carbon. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's a lot. That's an awful lot. They will they will lock that up. The other thing is. Um, just I notice on farms, um, for example, particularly out here in West Clare, uh, shelter, huge amounts of shelter. So you'll get increased temperatures in fields, cattle, yes. cattle, uh, grass growing earlier. Um, wildlife, um, if you manage the, 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 the well, we've had a, a, a big um, a big spread over the last 30, 40 years of pine marten. It's all over the place, but that's been facilitated by the planting of trees. Um, Red squirrels, actually, we have them all over the place here. Um, yep. And they, they eat, um, I've seen them actually, after clear fell, I've seen them gather cones, sit on stumps and strip them and eat the seeds. And I've watched them go through the trees as well. So um, it's good like that. Um, 
what else? I suppose there's the peace and the quiet. Um, yes. And the nice walks. You know? yeah. The nice walks, yep, and absolutely. Yeah, just, we won't go into birds too much now, but I remember talking to you a couple of months ago and we mentioned jays and you said that jays have a habit of, uh, in the harvest I'm gathering, is it acorns? They gather acorns. I think they're the most, they're, they're, they're the tree, they're, they're the, the, the bird in Europe that's um, most uh, credited with spreading oak trees all over the European continent. And it's funny, I was out walking with my dogs this morning and uh, we went through one of the plantations and um, of all things growing on, on a bit of peace under the spruce was, um, was a beech, small beech tree. Now, I know where I have beech trees on a hedgerow, small beech, well, you know, they maybe maybe 10 metres high at this stage, but uh, it had to have come from there and it was buried in the forest. I've seen hazel buried uh, and oak. Yeah. Uh, we had jays come in here about 15 years ago, I noticed them, uh, because I have a fairly mixed forest here. Yeah. So um, they, they came in, but I'm seeing them. Uh, people are reporting them now all over the parish. They're, they're spreading everywhere. Just while so we're on, that's a pretty good thing. While we're on birds, there, uh, are you uh, hearing any woodpeckers out that far west? Uh, we're hearing them now around these parts and in Portumna Forest Park. So, no, no. Um, it's funny. Uh, somebody told me that they were in the in the in East Clare about two weeks ago. I heard that and. Um, I had had a I had had a, a clear fell a number of years ago of um, some big old pine trees, uh, Monterey pine, and there were one or two of them were dead. So we left them as standing timber in the hope that uh, something might uh, decide to <laughs> yeah. either eat the insects or be soft enough yeah. to make a hole and live in it. Um, but it would be great, it'd be fantastic yeah. to have it. So we, yeah, my wife, and myself, saw a couple there um, just briefly in Port Town Forest Park, but we can hear them near where we are in Mount Shannon the um, hammer drills yeah the little hammer drills going on but uh, we haven't actually oh, seen any next to us but yes I think they are gradually spreading westwards so um, you might get them eventually out your way <laughs> yeah well we, we had we had buzzards come in about five mm. years ago and um, they're established here now and uh, interesting enough some forestry contractors were telling me that they noticed that the buzzards are following the clearfells or the machinery Right. Um, because once the forest, once these plantations are gone, there's a bare floor. So there's going to be all kinds of little bug, little animals to eat. That's it. And yeah. some foresters then are leaving if there are, if they can find uh, maybe edge sitka that is um, very wind firm. They're leaving them as uh, lookout posts for the, for the, for these birds, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah. So going, it's going terrific. back to the jays again. I don't think you emphasized it. They have a habit. They they pick the acorns and those seeds and bury them for winter feeding. That's right. They don't always remember where they are, so they're naturally planting them. Is that naturally planting them? Yeah, I think they they can bury up to three thousand over a season. Really? As a, they can cache them. Per and, bird. Um, they'll go out. Yeah, and they'll they'll, they'll um, and they're quite. They're actually a, a cousin of. They're a member of the, of the crow family, yeah, the corvids, yeah, right, yeah. and they they can do some you know some not nice things as well. But they're a beautiful bird. They've got a kind of a blue uh, a blue a blue marking on the side and um, a white marking on the rump, I think. And it's lovely when they fly across in front of you. It's yes, just a flash of yeah, colour, you know. Yeah, yeah, we we have a family of um, jays near where I live now, and uh, they're quite secretive in many ways. But it's nearly the, the winter time when they they tend to venture out more, come nearer to the house. You know? mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did notice uh, about a group of fifteen now um, uh, last winter eating off. Um, they were for about three days. They were on a, a mountain ash, you know, a yeah. rowan. Yeah. And they were stripping that of berries, which is, you know, it's lovely <laughs> to see. Yes, yes, indeed. 
Richard, Good. we could go on and on and talk about lots of uh, areas about nature, and I'm sure we'll come back to you again sometime in the future. And it is great having you here on um, Scarlet Bay Community Radio, and uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And we All look right, forward Tom, to talking again. Okay, Good Richard, luck. thanks. Yeah. All right, take, thanks. take care. Good weekend. Yeah, Bye-bye. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.